This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Komikaela Naimen Toku Ingoa. My name is Michaela Naiman and I'm your host. Welcome. This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture and how the creative arts contribute to our community, as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Centre. Stay tuned to find out more. Welcome to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You are listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast and my name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. And I'm here today with our art space artist, uh, John Schumacher, who is uh, having the um, art space for November. Welcome, John. Thank you. You have some amazing work out there. They are huge uh, paintings and they are oil pastels, I believe. Yes. So you tell us a bit about yourself, John. Where, where are you from? Taranaki. And you have been uh, an artist for quite some time. Yes. yes. So when did you start on your art journey? <laughs> Um, not exactly a date, but would, would, would be 40 years ago, at least, yeah. And what made you start at that time? What was it that interested you? Uh, well, I, I left school pretty early, really, and didn't have art, I would, I would say. And um, even in my home, we didn't have art on the wall. But um, I started looking out around in maybe I think a Time magazine um, I saw some art in there and um, straight away I knew that that was um, what's going on and and then another thing um, when I was a ward of the state in Otaki um, they took us out uh, to a Maori church, and um, that was when I look back. That was the first time I felt um, maybe presence or um, something, you know. I'd, and and the wonderful thing was I didn't had knew nothing about Maori art or, or or nothing, never been exposed to anything, and yet um, it was just wow, you know, to me. That is my Sistine Chapel experience. For me, I don't know about anybody else, it doesn't matter. But um, yeah, looking back, that's something for me. Um, and these particular works that we have here, um, I was saying a moment ago how I don't always uh, deliberately go for something. Uh, what happens is it's an accumulation of, of many things 
and because I work full time, I get spaces. And then when I have that space, all that stuff that's been going on in my mind, I just let it kind of pour out, really. Um, and it's interesting thinking about that because a lot of artists do preparatory sketches. I, I suppose I do, but they're not particularly for those works because it's all of it. it mm. It's a whole lot of stuff, really. Mm. Yeah. And um, I really like using oil pastels, uh, particularly because of the colour. Mm. Uh, and, and it's really nice to, um, to use too because it, it's smooth and uh, easy to apply, but then again, over and above that, it's the colour, really. Mm. Yeah. And these really pop. Um, it deserves to be said that uh, you have them on black background, so the colour does really pop out. Exactly. And it's kind of pontilistic and also abstract, and you can stand there and kind of, uh, yeah, interact with the art and build your own you know, images as you view your art. I found them wonderful. But how do you prevent then the oil pastel from smudging? Because... That, that, that's a good point, actually. They, they, they do dry um, pretty good, actually. And and if, if you handle them carefully, I, I haven't found that a problem. It, it is a bit tricky when you actually do the artwork. That, that's a little bit tricky, but they, they do dry off. And um, what you can do is, if you really want to, is um, frame them with glass and have what they call a spacer away from the actual artwork. And I, I have done that. But in this particular case, this exhibition, I just wanted to have them wide open. Mm. And, and people can, if they feel they really need to <laughs> frame them with glass, they can. Yeah. There, there is a method to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I quite love the fact that they are um, so approachable. It's like looking at the art without a filter to not have the glass in between. And you can see all the marks you've made. And uh, yeah, it feels very tactile. So maybe you have to protect them that people don't touch them. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that tactile thing is um, probably another reason why I haven't framed them is because I was fortunate to, to work at the Auckland Art Gallery and I was reframing quite a big part of their collection. Um, and that meant this intimacy of actually having the artwork fresh in front of you. There's just nothing like it. No. You know, uh, and, and perhaps really that's what I'm trying to do. Um, it's that freshness and the immediacy. You, you're, it's right there for you. Mm. That, you know, it's yeah. that's a very lovely way of putting it. And of course, um, you are a framer by trade. Yes. Uh, on uh, not really. I, I actually trained as a carpenter, and then I had a, um, a little gallery. And that little gallery, which I was talking to you about earlier, I had um, various Taranaki artists there. And I also had Roy Brewster. And um, then, because I had that gallery, the director of the Gavette Brewster Art Gallery came and asked, invited me to work there. And um, that was very fortunate. 
Uh, what was the name of your gallery for people oh, Cle who... Clearwater Gallery. Yes. And, and it was called Clearwater Gallery because um, I had some friends on a farm up, up the uh, Stony River and, and we used to swim in a pool and you just wouldn't believe how clean that is. And, and it was quite deep, so because it was deep, it, it, it attracted colour, you know, beautiful greens and so clear. Mm. And that's why I called the gallery Clearwater Gallery. Mm. And so from the Clearwater Gallery, you went to the Govette Brewster Art Gallery then? Yes, yeah. And what was your role there? Pardon? What was your role at the Govette Brewster? Oh, I, I, I was the head technician there, and, and that involved... Um, uh, working with artists, which was really great, um, and installing the artworks and, and finding ways to get around problems, really. Mm. Problem solving is a big part, isn't it? Yes, yeah, and, and, and I really enjoyed lighting the artworks too, actually, um, yeah, because light is a really big thing mm. for me. That's going back to the old pastels, they, that particular colour projects light really, really well. Mm. Yes. Well, we will take a brief music break and uh, one of the songs you have chosen is um, the Simple Acoustic Trio. Uh, is there any reason you like the Simple Acoustic Trio? Oh, I just, I, I do like jazz mm. and, and it, it, to me it's just really easy jazz. Mm. And this one happens to be When Will the Blues Leave by Simple Acoustic Trio.
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You are listening to the Sugar Loafing Arts Cast, generously sponsored by Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Lenlai Center. My name is Michaela Nyman, and I'm your host. And I'm uh, talking today to award-winning artist John Schumacher, who is our art space artist for November, and he is. Um, sharing all kinds of uh, insights from his work as a framer, as a gallery owner, and working at the Govet Brewster Art Gallery as a technician. Um, so we were talking about your oil pastels, but also how the freshness of uh, the marks and the oil pastels themselves come out when they are not framed. Um, you have to tell us a bit more, because these uh, paintings, artworks of yours are kind of, uh, yeah, they feel very joyful and also spiritual at the same time. And when you said that about your experience in the Maori uh, chapel or church, and the, it sounded like there was a spiritual element to it too. Mm, it, it, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like there, there's one work there, um, that tall one, and you'll notice there's a white strip. And, and to me, that particular part of that work is, is I'm trying to um, bring in, if you like, <laughs> spiritual light. Um, yeah, yeah, and and you're, the joy. You, you you're right about that. The, the the joy I get from those colours and the pat all the pastels. I've only ever once found paint that gave me that same quality of joyish. Oh really? Yeah, oh. yeah. What do you think it is? Is it the way you apply it at the same time and seeing those colors or you know what do you think it is that gives you so oh, much joy? It, really it, it's the overall result really yeah. And you don't plan it out? Sometimes artwork I do I, it is but, but with these ones it wasn't really. I, I realised that I just did them, and and um, they just poured out really onto the onto the um, mat board. I painted on mat board mm. uh, for these particular ones, mm. and and quite often I work like that. And it's because it's all there. Um, I, I, I always take note of a, a comment Picasso made. He said he, he'd be painting a work. And he might paint over it um, something, but he, he said that whatever it was that he painted over it comes out again. Mm. It's later. still there. Yeah, mm. yeah. That, that I, thought, I find that a really interesting thing, and and I'm sure poets and writers mm. that same thing is happening, and, and and it's a it's a really wonderful thing. Uh, this. Uh, popping in. Mm. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking about it. Uh, as a writer, sometimes when you write a very long, long work and you have worked on it maybe for years, when you look back at it and you start on the editing phase, you realize that you have moved on in your journey. But looking back, it has been there all along, small hints, you know, the subtext, it has been there, but you didn't realize it until you are ready to realize it somehow. Mm. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. Um, a lot of uh, scientists that I that I have known of, how they go for walks. They might go for a walk, 
and this popping in thing happens then and it's a really great thing you know like I suppose Buddhists and people like that talk about letting go and and it's really hard to achieve that but when it ha happens accidentally then it, then it's really wonderful and it's that whole subconscious that you can't control right mm. yeah or there's uh, many many uh, I think creative people and philosophers who have used walking as a method the peripatetic thinking while you walk yes so do you do a lot of walking how um, do you find your inspiration I, I have in, in the past I used to go up to the Pukai Ranges up the top of the Pukai Ranges and I tell everybody to go up there I've actually climbed the top of the mountain but it's nowhere near as good as the Pukai Ranges because up on the top of the Pukai Ranges it's amazingly quiet and and you can be I've been fortunate to be up there by myself a number of times and um, one particular time was really interesting I was just sitting there and it was amazingly quiet and the next thing I heard this sound and I couldn't work out where this sound was coming from and all I can think is there's a stream quite a, a lot further along and I think the sound must have been coming up from going over the rocks and floating in the air because it came to me in, in slight waves and uh, that was just... Oh, wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Do you have a favourite track that you take when you go up there? Uh, not really, no, mm. no. Um, what, what I really like is the mosses that are growing around oh, the ground. Oh, they are so beautiful. Yeah. And... and um, and the sunrise uh, and sunset's pretty good. But another really interesting thing that occurs there, I don't know whether other people have experienced it, it it's called a holy. And um, you may see it uh, in an aeroplane too, actually, um, when the sun is behind the plane and there's this very, very light mist in the air and it, and it forms a rainbow around mm. the plane. Well, up on the Purkwais, I've been up there and um, your image, your shadow is out in mid-air and the mist is around it and then this rainbow forms around it. Oh. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, it's really, really quite, quite something. Yeah. yeah. We're so and, lucky. And it's a purely natural, wonderful nature. Mm, absolutely. Well, I hope that everyone gets a chance to experience our wonderful nature coming up to summer and everything. But now it's really the time to go before it gets too hot, um, when it's not raining, that is. Mm. Well, let's uh, take a break and um, listen to Annie Crummer. You were talking about um, uh, Waiata before when you came in and we have picked o Ocean Moon. Hinaki Tai Wayata with Annie Crummer. Oh, oh, oh. 
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast, generously supported by Covet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. My name is Michaela Nyman and I'm your host. And today I'm talking to award-winning artist John Schumacher, who is our art space artist for November. And he's having these wonderful, huge oil pastels, uh, uh, amazingly colorful patterned uh, creations that are on a black uh, background in our art space. Uh, So pop in and have a look. And you've been an artist for over four decades. Yes. What keeps you going? Like, have you always uh, known your way or have you lost faith in your own work at times. I'll tell you, yeah, having faith is really, really difficult because um, unfortunately along the way you do get people who um, close the gate on you and uh, that's really difficult because I feel all I'm trying to do is show how I experience the world and um, I I find it really difficult when people um, deliberately put you down because what they are seeing doesn't appeal to what they understand about art. Um, and I think a lot of artists experience that. Um, but uh, that is just what you have to deal with, really. Mm. You have to grow a tough skin. But at the same time, I mean, your views, your unique way of looking at the world is your own unique way. So it can't be anyone else's either. Uh, but to allow others to maybe see the wonderful way you look at the world, yeah, not everyone will agree. That's just it. But uh, yeah, tell tell me a bit more. What what stages have you gone through? What, where did you start? Uh, yeah, like like I said before, I um, came across some art in the Time magazine, and and immediately I was just hunting art. From then on, and, and every opportunity, uh, I would go to the galleries, dealer galleries in Auckland, make a trip up there specifically to see artworks. Because initially, the art gallery had, hadn't really started, um, and, and I was fortunate to actually be at the original opening of the Gibbet Brewster Art Gallery, and. Um, there's always been really great international shows that, that have been really great, uh, that I've always enjoyed. And, and particularly um, speakers they have with the um, Monica Brewster evenings. That, mm. that, you know, they're, they're really, really great. And I think it's a pity there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of people in New Plymouth who get it that opportunity, you know, because these people, a lot of the speakers, may be from overseas. Um, and it's really great. And you can also meet people there. It, it really is mm-hmm. a, a, a great thing. It's absolutely wonderful. And I know there's a lot of um, newcomers to Taranaki who also don't know where to find other artists and like-minded. And so they end up going to the gallery in the hope of bumping into others. <laughs> yes. So it's also a meeting point. It, it, it is, mm. de- definitely. Mm. And so um, 
Have you had any specific artists that have uh, been your mentors or that you have looked up to and tried to emulate during your uh, that journey? That's a good point, really. Uh, initially, um, Kandinsky was, was mm. one artist I was drawn to, um, and William Turner, uh, and then a lot later on, it, it's really wide open, really. There, there's no particular artists, but I, but I do like, it really pleases me in, in New Zealand now, there's a lot of really good woman artists, it, because in the past uh, there wasn't really, um, and the New Zealand woman artists are really, really good right now, uh, and, and the musicians, you know, woman musicians as well, so, you know, that, that, to me that's a really great thing. Mm. Um, I guess they were always there, but maybe not encouraged <laughs> to yeah. pursue their art. Uh, to- talking about that, it's something that pops into my mind. Like I started surfing way back in the, um, the very start of surfing in New Plymouth. And in those days, the men were really rude to the women surfers. Oh. Yeah, and, and there was no encouragement at all. And that's why... Oh, what, how mean. That's what... <laughs> why I said a moment ago why I was so pleased to see you know woman artists because I've experienced firsthand this male you know you're not allowed here thing yeah so you know that that's what really mm. pleases me what a pity well we are lucky then that you have continued to pursue your art and your passion in the face of adversity then uh, but um you said that for these works, you have also been thinking about poems and how they open up your mind and what moves you. So what kinds of poems have inspired this particular exhibition uh, that has no name, by the way? No, 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 no particular poems, really. I'd, I, I just use them as a way, like I said earlier, how I absorb a whole lot of stuff that I'm passionate about. Uh, and I find poems help me connect with that particular uh, state of mind, really. Mm. Um, and a, a really big thing I try to achieve, which is really, really difficult, whether you can do it or not, I don't know, but I, my works, I would like to have people to have the experience of presence, like presence to me, is a really big thing, like when I was talking about the Pukai Ranges, when, when you're experiencing nature one-on-one and, and it's really, you know, <laughs> this, this is true nature, um, that, that's what I consider presence. Mm, you almost feel lit up in those moments. You're just really, really present mm. to even the smallest kind of things. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Um, I found a podcast with an Irish um, poet and uh, I've listened to it for yeah the past month maybe and I feel so lucky when I listen to him I feel a bit kinder afterwards and more observant to the world <laughs> but I think we need those kinds of still moments don't we we are so busy and rushed all the time information overload mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay on uh I was also wondering about your 
inspiration because you said nature, of course, but then science has also been an inspiration for your work. In which way? I, I used to get a magazine um, called The Sciences and it was from New York and um, I just came across that, like the Time, Time magazine. And because I don't have the particular education that a lot of people have to university level, um, I find things, and, and this was the science magazine called The Sciences. And in that, the thing I really liked about that magazine was um, the illustrations, or the artwork, was hopefully matching what they were talking about. So, uh, so using art like that, for me, was really great. Um, yeah, and, and uh, you know, to me, science is really where the magic starts in, in a way um, because I really like structure of any in music or anything I, I really really like st structure mm. interesting well we will take a break and this time we are going to listen to a slowly rolling camera how come you have picked the slowly rolling camera which is a band I have not encountered before uh, just because I like jazz and, and um, I'm fortunate I, I have friends and we, we have a, a music appreciation group and that's how I, I um, come across the music mm -hmm. and, and I also really really like as much as going to the Gavette Brewster evenings is the singer-songwriters mm. evenings yeah they're wonderful mm. Mm. We are so lucky in New Plymouth. So here is Slowly Rolling Camera featuring Sakhal Vasandani and it's Illuminate. No one in the world is more ready for this than you. Right now you've got to make up your mind. You just can't keep on wasting this time. Shouldn't even listen to those people anyway They're gonna say what they say Can't change their mind Now that everything's
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Arts Cast, and I'm here with award-winning artist John Schumacher, who is our art space artist for November. And my name is Michaela Nyman, and I'm your host. We are grateful to Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Land Eye Center for sponsoring this show. And we have been talking about science and art and uh, yeah, how these things constantly emerge in multiple form in your work. But can you take us through the process of making some of your art? So in this case, it's oil pastels, but you haven't al- always worked with oil pastels. You've worked in many media. Hmm. But uh, how how do you go about, how long does it take you to do one of these pieces? That's a, that's a good question, actually. Um, that's... The advantage of using um, oil pastels, it doesn't take long actually, um, and as I was saying before, it, it kind of pours out uh, because of all that energy I've been accumulating by looking at things that inspire me, and it's like I just have those things buried and then start the work and, and um, it just happens. but. It's not always like that. No. No. (laughs) You can't always... um, It's not on tap. Yeah, yeah. It's... uh, And I get, you know, that's like that for everybody, really. Um, When it's... You're searching for the magic to um, feed your work. Mm. And how do you know when you are finished? When is a piece finished? Have you ever, ever gone too far? Oh... Way back when I when I was first working as an artist, I used to paint over works, many because I wasn't satisfied, and and I do think about that when I did become uh, satisfied because it's really interesting. It, it's no fun 
painting over works and and I uh, always tried to um, think I should have had a video showing what was happening. But in any way, um, now when I look at a work, uh, I do feel it's a lot easier. I know a work's finished. How mm. do you know? Is it a gut feeling or is it something about the composition that satisfies you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think really it's the balance. It's a particular what I consider a balance, and, and um, that's, that's mm. how I know. So now, having all these gadgets and mobile phones, do you take photos of your work in progress so you see how it evolves and uh, then go back? No, even, <laughs> even though I have that advantage, I don't. No, no, no. Ah, you caught me out there. <laughs> uh. No, no, I think it's uh, very refreshing. I remember seeing, was it the Constable exhibition in at the Papa? And he, they actually had one where he had painted, I think it is the sluice one, where the boats go through the lock. And the original was painted um, the opposite way, and then he mirrored it. But of course it meant he had to do the huge painting all over again. So it's no... You know, not like erasing what you've done and just, uh, you know, and it took him ages to paint that. Now I just stood there quite, you know, ad admired how he had the tenacity to start all over again when he had a painting that was almost finished and then he decided now nah, it needed to be mm. the mirror image of what he had ah. to work. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I was fortunate to know Michael Smither quite mm. well. And I really admire him, the work that he puts into his paintings, um, the method he uses. Uh, the hyper-realistic ones. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, and um, yeah, his, his method is, is the Renaissance method, really, using glazes. And, and um, so he, his paintings are not done in a flash by any means. The, the work... And uh, I don't know whether people understand that. You know, they just look at paintings and, and I don't think they really appreciate any form of artists, you know, poets or musicians or... Um, because they don't stop, you know. Being an artist doesn't stop at five o'clock. No. <laughs> or, or, or start at a particular time. Um, yeah, it's... I had a lovely discussion with... Um, uh, John McLean for Hit the Trail about, uh, yeah, he also knew Michael Smither and, and learned some of that hyper-realistic painting which shows then in his treatment of, you know, the uh, see-throughness of water. You talked about clear mm. water before and, yeah. and John McLean's water and rivers are wonderful. Uh, but likewise, how to then extend yourself beyond what someone has already done and that that urge is there still to come up with your own thing. Um, you know, y you need to be technically so competent, but you also need to be then imaginatively, uh, you know, creating and pushing the boundaries. Yes, yes. Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, I was reading about, um, I can't remember the uh, New Zealand writer, but he was just saying the other day, and I think any artist or writers would say that, just to read and read and read. And, and, and earlier when I was talking about how I used to go to exhibitions in, in Auckland, uh, looking at, at artwork, 
and any opportunity I could get, really. Um, and and the, the wonderful thing is, your whole life, you're building on that. It, it, it doesn't stop. You no. Know, you, uh, you're always building on what's going on. Mm. Are you hard on yourself or are you generous and allow yourself to make mistakes and explore? Are you allowing yourself to be a flawed artist in between being perfectionist? Ah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do probably lots of drawings or paintings that maybe you could call preparation. Um, and, and that's why when I do do it, it, it goes so well because I've done all that preparatory mm. work really mm. and all that thinking that you talked about that goes into it so even though the when you s- stand there with your oil pastels it might be a quick one but you have put in all that thinking and that goes beforehand that no one sees mm. yes. so uh, would you have any useful advice then to emerging artists um yeah, where do you start and how do you keep going? Ah, that's good. I suppose the really essential thing is you would need to know yourself really well and, and particularly in the area of your own personal creativity and, and it's a matter of feeding that and no matter what art form it is, it's feeding, feeding that um, creative urge if you like how have you fed your creative urge apart from going to art galleries? Like, how have you managed? Because you have, um, yeah, you have told us a bit about your early life, which uh, sounds like you had some tough times, but then you also have worked all along. So how have you carved out space to do your art? Mm, yeah, I tell you, that, that <laughs> is a really good question. It's just really, really difficult, really. Yeah, it, it really is because if you're not getting feedback, um, you, you can't help but question what's going on, you yeah. know. And, and, and you just have to have that feedback, really, somehow. And, and how I um, fill that really is by reading. What I read inspires me, and it may not necessarily necessarily be anything to do with my work but it's that inspiration from that particular article I'm reading Um, yeah and how do you keep yourself then in that kind of um, inspirational space where you don't um, start doubting that what you're doing is um, you know so uh, so much less than all these inspirational artists you're reading about I mean the comparison thing is uh, devastating at times, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. How have you managed to navigate that Mm -hmm. and keep believing in what you're doing? I I think it's because I enjoy the colour so much from the oil pastels and and really that is enough, you know, Um, because I really like light. Um, There's a few, there's a particular American artist um, I can't recall his name actually, but he works with light. Um, and I was really fortunate a few years ago to see an exhibition at Auckland Art Gallery, and that was pretty much artists who work with light. Mm. Um, 
And today, uh, with understanding of technology and science and all that, that um, what can be achieved with, with light sculpture is, is really something. Mm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So uh, let us take a break. And this is um, uh, an acoustic. So this is Promises, which is movement y- one by Floating Points. Uh, Faroa Sanders and the London Symphony Orchestra. A very lovely gentle piece. Is this the kind of music you paint to? Not necessarily, maybe, but I, I, I don't actually choose a particular uh, piece of music to listen to. Because I just, um, fortunately, there's Spotify and, and, and I have uh, my likes and they're just all put together and, and, and away it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here is Faroa uh, Sanders.
Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. Uh, you are listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast, generously sponsored by Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. My name is Michaela Nyman, and I'm your host. And today I'm talking to award-winning artist John Schumacher, who is our art space artist for November. And we have talked about a lot of uh, things and uh, I just think I've learned so much from you already, so I would love to see more of your work. Can't you just, in wrapping up, tell us what else, um, yeah, where can people find your work? I know that you have been uh, internationally, uh, you know, you have been in joint exhibitions and you have also been in drawing shows and in painting. So you have tried a lot of media besides oil pastels. Where can people find your work? Uh, probably the only way is because I work full time it's not very often that I exhibit actually um, but I do always ex exhibit in the uh, National Art Awards in Obanaki and um, and I do in the Gover Street Gallery I, I have things in there um, but I don't really know when it's going to happen because it's like I get patches that I, I find an opening and, and that's when it'll be really. But I, I do um, have some work online um, and I've got the, it's John Schumacher Art and it's Wix, W-I-X. I don't know the full, I haven't got it in front of me, mm. um, the full. So John Schumacher Art in One dot Wixsite dot com, and that should be yes, it. yeah. Mm. It, it, there's some work on that. Um, as I said before, I really like structure, and those particular works are very geometric. Mm. Um, and I'm not very good with technology and computers. My daughter actually did that for me, uh, so there's not much to see. There is a photo of the mountain, a really good photo. I was lucky to capture of the mountain on that particular site, but um, mm. yeah. Well, good luck with uh, all your art, and um, yeah, if you haven't seen John's work before, come come by the Top Town Mall and have a look at the oil pastels. And thank you. It has been wonderful talking to you, and uh, good luck with anything you are up to now and everything you want to do. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Artscast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com. You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugarloafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under current shows. The Sugarloafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Center. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air.
For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.